Hello and welcome and thank you for listening to the very first podcast of Women, Faith and Stories. My goodness, I can't believe this is happening, but I'm so glad that you've tuned in and hopefully your today's interview will be encouraging for you um, wherever you're at. I'm so excited to introduce my first ever guest, Miss, Mrs. Anna McCracken, who is married to Mo, the pastor of my church. And she is mum to three lovely little ones. She's originally from Devon. Now I've written that down and I hope that's not wrong. But Anna, it's lovely to have you with me today. It's really nice to be here. And you are right. I am from Devon. Do you know, I just had a panic there going, is she even from Devon? But that's true. But now you are fully fledged living in Liverpool, intentionally living in Liverpool, which is wonderful city to be in. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Yes, I think... um, I left Devon, we grew up in really rural Devon, miles from anywhere, and I went to university in London and realised I was more of a city girl than a country girl, so I've stayed city-side. Oh, that's brilliant. I still don't know where I'm sitting at with the whole city living. I I still sometimes can't believe that I'm in a city raising children, but anyway, here I am. This is where God's put me. (laughs) Now, first podcast, I'll be honest, Anna, I'm feeling a bit nervous and I know you are too, but we'll get through this together and hopefully some of our words might be of help. It's interesting because, um, you know, I've had this on my heart for a little while, as I shared with you, and, um, I love listening to podcasts and recently, I think in lockdown even more so, um, and, I, and I really get a lot from hearing people's stories and testimonies and I'm always really encouraged. Recently, I'd heard um, Max Lucado's testimony, which I'd never heard before, and I actually was out walking, listening, and it brought a tear to my eye. That's how much I was moved by. Mm-hmm. Um, and God does amazing things in people's lives. And when I listen, I always think, oh, there's lots of people in my life, that, and I don't know their testimony. I don't know how they came to faith. So a little bit of this is selfish for me, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping that it's going to encourage other people. And it's interesting as well because I messaged out a, f- a few people to kind of test the waters to see, would you be interested in, in sharing um, your story and your testimony? And you were one that was very k- kindly said yes. And there was quite a few, which is really encouraging, who are really up for telling their story. Um, but interestingly, Anna, one of my friends who over the years I've always chatted to, we've always had our clinging on to God together moments, you know, oh, please pray for me for this and, you know, vice versa and send each other little songs and verses to encourage each other. And when I asked her to come on, her response was, oh, Jeanette, no, I'm not holy enough. Oh, I'm not good enough. I've nothing to talk about. Oh, mm. I-, I couldn't. Um, oh, I'm really not good enough. And I just thought, do you know what? None of us are. I'm certainly not holy enough. I'm not good enough. You know, all the women that have asked, and I think you're great, but I know that you're not perfect and you're not this superwoman. You're just an ordinary person. Yeah. But you've been saved by an amazing God. And, you know, and that's what gives us these lovely testimonies and stories to tell people. It's nothing to do about us. Yeah. And um, I definitely, if I sat down and reflected on some of the attitudes I've had this week, I know I'm rubbish. Mm. Um, but it's all about how great God is and how thankful, you know, we are to him. Yeah. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I think, in talking about our lives the temptation is always to make it sound like we're some great hero of you know just what is an ordinary life and so I yeah just totally agree and um, Jesus is our hero in this and everything that I have done has been out of mixed motivation you know 
throw in a little bit of self-righteousness, a little bit of caring about what everyone thinks of me, including recording this. So, um, yeah, it's all very normal here. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to block out all the fears and anxieties and just get on and do it. That's at Forbes. I blame him as well because he was like, just get on and do it. <laughs> so here we are. Now, Anna, I've only known you actually just for, I think, about three years. So it's not actually that long. Um, and I did know of you and Mo really through UCCF when you worked for them um, and when I was at university. So I did kind of know of you mm -hmm. and um, it's been great at getting to know you more while we come to church. And the wonderful thing about our relationship is, is that myself and my family, we love to stalk you on holiday. We're your own personal stalkers. <laughs> yeah. Which um, I'm a bit embarrassed about and it was very embarrassing, but you know, so what I'll just tell everybody the story that more or less the last couple of summers, um, you've gone to obviously the best best place in the world, Northern Ireland, for holidays, yeah. as have we. And we've ended up on, you know, in the best part of the country, Port Stewart Strand and oh, just all these lovely places. And we just kept bumping into each other. And it was really embarrassing because I was really, oh goodness, Permo, he's on his holidays, no. part of the church, the last thing he wants to see is us. No, it was really nice. And um, it was lovely for us <laughs> to have your kids there, especially. We just felt like the four of us were able to chat and drink coffee on the beach while the kids entertained themselves. Or more often than not, Forbes actually went and entertained Yes. <laughs> um, so no, uh, it was quite true that's... because we I actually think it was us stalking you we told you we'd be on one beach to give you a break from us and then we turned up to where you were <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so funny it was so funny it's funny but it's embarrassed I'll be honest but the other thing that I will always love you for Anna is that you taught me how to make proper custard thank you thank you yes absolutely yeah I think the last time you came to Mars, I felt so embarrassed as well because it was the pride before the fall. I made the big announcement. Oh, Anna's taught me how to make custard. And when I brought the custard, it was so thick. I think it was hardly edible. Work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> Work in progress. Well, Anna, what's it been like for you um, in lockdown? Here we all are, stuck in our houses with our families. How has it been for you? It has been, I guess, as it will have been for lots of you, just... Um, emotional um, and very varied so uh, we've had weeks where we've been really anxious we've had weeks where we've been very gloomy and down um, we've had weeks where we've just really had lovely happy fun things happen to us um, I've been writing down a list of just in the back of one of my notebooks of really funny things that have happened in lockdown um, just to remind oh. myself in years to come one is that um, the kids and Mo went off for a scoot and we live in the city centre in Liverpool. So we've been scooting around Liverpool one, the big shopping centre uh, area, because there's no one there. And the street's really oh, brand new and smooth. It's like a sort of glorified skate park for us. And one day they were scooting around there and they scooted past the chocolate shop, Hotel Chocolat. And the someone from the shop came out and said, oh, we're just throwing out a load of chocolate. Would you... <gasps> Wow. would you like to take some we've got to throw it in the bin so you might as well take it and they came home with 75 pounds worth oh. of chocolate I'm not joking <laughs> oh my goodness that's like goodness. one of the no actually you know how in lockdown everything just feels more intense and happy things are more happy sad things are more sad yeah came home and he just ran upstairs and went you've got to see what happened <laughs> it's huge 
Uh -huh. bag of this amazing most beautiful chocolate so that was a nice moment but yeah Mo, oh that's Mo's working from home he's set up a desk in um the kids bedroom um so it's a bit mad in the daytime i'm i stay downstairs with the kids i've been furloughed from my work which is a really great help um and yeah it hasn't always been conducive to mo's sermon writing um to have us here especially when we were having a scavenger hunt the other day um he kept moving to different areas of the house to avoid us but couldn't find anywhere but anyway oh that's brilliant oh i love that i love that i know it's it's a funny thing isn't it because we know that we're never going to probably well we don't know but we think that we'll probably never have time like this again mm. so on one hand you're like oh you know savor every moment you know all this time with the children and there has been lots of lovely times with the children i agree yeah. and then there's the other side of the coin the homeschooling dun, dun, dun. we've got that's that's been tough i'll be honest yeah. But then, you know, it's it's the rough with the smooth, isn't it? And there's lots of lovely things and you do want the children to, you know, have good memories of yeah. it. But, you know, the reality is there's lots of times when we have learnt a lot more about forgiveness than we've oh, ever had to learn in this house. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I always thought I was patient and I always look forward to being patient, but we're not patient. <laughs> we thought we were patient, but we're not anymore. And, um, and just you learn a lot about yourself, you know, the good and the mm. bad, but... And I think we're just reminded, you know, all the time, I think, you know, how how many things it, it sort of I think Morris mentioned this in one of the sermons about, you know, this reflection on not the good things about yourself. And sometimes even the kids do things. And I think, oh, goodness, that's like I, I can see myself in them. And that's what's really annoying me right now. <laughs> but do you know what? This is why we're so thankful that God, God loves us despite all of yeah, this. Absolutely. So that's good. So. Ups and downs, highs and lows, absolutely. But we're getting through yes, it. Yes, my eldest Kitty the other day. Do you know you realise if you ever have children, they'll probably learn about 2020 coronavirus in their history lessons at school, and she was sort of gobsmacked. And it is quite intense, isn't it, living through? I guess yes. I felt that the it's last few years anyway with Brexit, and <laughs> now with this, to feel like we're living through something really sort of, I don't know, profoundly uh, different. Yeah. So, yeah. It does, and it does, we, you know, it feels extremely different, mm. you know, to normal, whatever normal mm. was. Yes. So, anyhow, and um, one of the good things I'm going to mention, though, is I've been able to like listen to more podcasts, which I love. And I was so thankful because you actually recommended again Faith and Kids podcast. Wow, that's been really great. Listen to those. If anyone hasn't tuned into any of theirs, they are fab. And recently, I just listened today, funny, to the recent one. And there's some changes in education from for primary children from September. And it's called they're introducing relationship education. And I'll be honest, I wasn't clued up on this. And it was really interesting to listen to. There was a lady from Lovewise on Dr. I think she was Dr. Jones, I think her name was. And she it, it was very insightful. Mm -hmm. And I did think this is this is really good to listen to and get more knowledge on and be better equipped, you know, to be able to know what's going on there in the education world. Because I think the government do have a tendency just to slip things in every now and again without us kind of being aware. And then obviously we're not in school all day with our children. So you're never quite sure what mm. they're hearing and um, being exposed to. But it's just I would recommend that um Faith and Kids. You listen to it as well. Yeah, I, I love it. I've found them very the people that do it just very honest 
and realistic, which is what we need, isn't it? And we've actually they're doing some live uh, Bible devotions as well for the kids, well for families, and we've been yeah. tuning into that quite a bit in lockdown. And I think just that sense of they take it really seriously that it's our role to to train and to um, teach our children in um, the ways of the Lord. I guess so. Um, I've found that yeah. resource is very helpful very very helpful and the other thing that I um I think one of my friends sent to me I think she sent it to you you mentioned was this American gospel Christ alone that's another good one at the minute I know you haven't mm-hmm. watched it yet but it's um I'm looking forward to sitting down and watching the whole movie but again it was great and it just reminded me so much of how you know we need the gospel every day everybody you know so badly needs mm-hmm. the gospel and I'm so thankful that um yeah, when I watched it, I just felt very thankful and reminded that, you know, I do sin, I do mess up. And yet Jesus took it all for me and for, I have forgiveness mm. and a freedom, a freedom in that. So that's really good to recommend mm. that. Right, Anna, we'll, we'll, I think we'll get cracking on here with the questions. And the first one I wanted to ask you about was your own faith. You know, I know that you're a mm. Christian, that you've given your life to Jesus. And I just wanted to know which I've never known, really, um, your story about how you came to see. Yeah, well, um, as I mentioned, I'm from Devon. I'm from a little village in the middle of nowhere in South Devon. Um, and it was really Christianity, or Jesus, I guess, sort of exploded into our family life when I was about seven years old. My mum had always taken us to church. My dad never came. And just very suddenly, um, overnight, actually, my dad went to an event that a woman... Um, a friend of my mum's was organising and he became a Christian and it was literally he heard about Jesus and trusted him that night it was one of those unusual conversions I guess in our times um, and so that was I was seven then and it was like a bomb going off in our family it brought just a huge amount of tension to my mum and my dad um, it made family life um, become a little bit complicated. Um, uh, my mum just found my dad overzealous and um, annoying. <laughs> in Sorry, you disappeared obsession. there. You said that your She found uh, dad just overzealous and annoying. He just talked about Jesus all the time. Okay. I think she was sort of churchy but hadn't really ever thought about having a faith in the same way as my dad was talking about being born again and um so it was interesting time it was a sort of complicated time for us but the woman who had led my dad to the lord was a local vicar's wife who we who was called mrs law and she also had a youth group so we were sent along to the youth group and it was through that youth group really I was taught the bible and heard about Jesus um in an age appropriate way age seven eight nine ten um and really Mrs Law was the sort of hero of our family she was just a normal ordinary person who just took opportunities to teach people about Jesus um and to evangelize people who didn't know Jesus and I'm really I think we're all grateful for her um in that um so then I guess as I um grew up um I guess by the time I left home I I definitely had faith in Jesus um 
And I do remember university being a sort of really real turning point for me, as it is, I think, for a lot of people leaving home and deciding for myself, do I want to follow Jesus? And if I do, I've got to make it a holistic sort of thing in my life. I think I was slightly leading a double life before I went to uni, um, Christian on a Sunday type life. And I just met some nice Christians at uni who um, helped me to to sort of realise it was a a sort of legitimate decision to make. And that was really where I guess my Christian life um, changed and grew. Brilliant. Mm. And I think university definitely is good for that because you're surrounded suddenly by, you're out of your family bubble, aren't you? You suddenly arrived Mm. to somewhere different. Your parents aren't there. You just meet such a variety of people who all suddenly believe lots of different things. And um, yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. So you got to university then. And how, how was life for you then after that? You sort of had a faith. You were, mm. did you go to the Christian Union? I did. I sort of reluctantly went to the Christian Union. I thought, I'm not going to want to hang out with this, these stupid Christian yeah. types. <laughs> Obviously, really looked down on everyone. But um, I just thought Christian Union would be full of people that weren't like me because I sort of thought I was pretty cool. I, have <laughs> I, no, I, wasn't I have no doubt in that. I'm sure you were. <laughs> I really wasn't. Um, but actually, the CU was just a really good representation of the college I was at. It was just normal people, some of whom were cool, some of whom weren't. Um, and the thing that really, I think, changed everything for me at university was having a go with that group. of. It was a small group. It was about 20 people. We just had a go together at sharing our faith publicly. And um, that was just set my Christian life on fire, really, because I'd never, ever even considered that you could talk to someone about Jesus and persuade them and show them and reason with them about the truth about Jesus. Um, I think for the first time I witnessed the gospel really being um proclaimed publicly and then standing up to all the scrutiny that came to it so I think it was really profound for me to witness someone taking questions at the end of a talk I just never dreamed that that would be possible yes um and there's a verse in Philemon um I had to find it it took me about half an hour to find it in my bible because Philemon is one of those books that's only a page long but anyway I found it next to Hebrews um and it says um I pray, Paul says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. And that is the exact experience I had at university. I was active in sharing my faith and that just enriched all my understanding of the good things I have in Christ. I I can totally, you keep, I think you keep breaking up. I totally can relate to that. I, I am with the whole, you know, that, ability to sort of ask questions and you know I sort of just became a Christian before I came to university as well and it was a great time to sort of have those questions and hear other people asking Mm -hmm. them and questions that I didn't really ever think about and then it made me think about things and I love that about university and the mission weeks and having all these great speakers coming and exposing the gospel to you and the the bible Mm -hmm. I learned so much definitely when I was at university it's a great time yeah Absolutely. And then um, so after that, I went on to through my I had a little bit of training and then I went on in my 20s to work for UCCF, which you've mentioned, which is the university 
Christian Union movement who resource and help students do evangelism. And I worked for them for about eight years. They were very happy years. They were quite hard at times, facing some difficult situations in ministry. Um, but I think I went into that as a sort of, I was probably 23 when I started on UCCF staff. And um, I guess surrounded by young, very able people. And the temptation was to be really ministry is everything. Um, and actually the what the UCCF sort of ethos was that really helped me was it taught me that God's grace is what means I can do anything or not. <laughs> so there's nothing I can get wrong in this that will mean I'm not able to trust Jesus and for my righteousness. And there's nothing that I can do that's so super brilliant that I'm better than everyone else. And that was just a really good leveling experience. And I think in that there was just a real, a real openness about our fragility and our struggles, but also a very deep joy um, in Christ. And that was quite a profound thing, because I guess in the world you don't think of being broken as a source to being more joyful. But I just think that was really nurtured in me in those years and something that um, has stayed with me yeah brilliant oh yeah and actually, oh yeah just the sort of bookend to that story is that so years later when I started working for UCCF um I wrote to Mrs Law the lady who led my dad to the Lord all those years before and uh, she started supporting me and praying for me and um she wrote to me and said she herself had become a Christian through the university CU in London where I was a staff worker and I just thought there was a lovely sort of poetry to that that she had been a student in London had heard the gospel through the CU wow. then ended up in ministry of her own sort in wow. Devon and then sort of supported me as I went back into that same mission field so yeah oh, I bet you that meant a lot to her as well to be able to tell you that mm. you know amazing and mm. I believe you met maybe a nice man whilst you were working Yes, we had a work, a work romance, which is like always awkward, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, I was working in Liverpool, um, nationally for UCCF, but based in Liverpool, and I was in London, and we met and um, got married a couple of years later, and that's when I moved to Liverpool. And then after that, um, we both left UCCF, and Mo went into church ministry at our church, um, and I went into secular work for a charity in Liverpool called The Reader who and it was brilliant working for them and I think all the things I learned in UCCF really helped me in that in that work really um just engaging with worldviews and um things well I I should explain that a bit more the charity is a, a reading charity where we um sort of help people's social sort of mental and social well-being through reading great literature together books and poems and and actually just all of that talking about literature is never a million miles from talking about God because um we're just sort of living in his creation and interpreting it and wondering about where you know a fallen world and where it comes from so that was just an exciting and interesting thing to do although not it's not that I sort of you know evangelized the organization it was just more that it was a really interesting and exciting place to work. So mm. brilliant, and and you've been quite intentional, haven't you? When you moved, got married to Mo, and 
coming to Liverpool and you were quite intentional with your decisions about where to live, weren't you really? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah, just the context, I guess, is the church. So uh, the church is in the city centre seeking to really um, build a city centre ministry. And we were living in the suburbs of Liverpool um, and we were just struggling to have people over to the house um and we just always felt from quite early on that we'd like to move to be more central um and it took a while it was not easy to find a house in the city center that we could afford or that was the size for the family that we needed um but we moved about five and a half years ago and that actually made a difference i think overnight really in terms of having people in the house um, and really focusing on this community and getting to know people and um yeah investing in the local community here so um I think that leads quite nicely on to my next question because I wanted to ask you know what what are you passionate about what gets you excited what things mm -hmm. um you know do you think about and get excited about I think you've maybe touched on this when saying that you've moved and suddenly you've sort of welcomed people into your home mm, yeah I think that's the thing that um we've as a couple and um, now I guess now we've got kids with our kids as well we want to be shape our life around has been a sort of relational evangelism um, in this community and building opportunities proactively and I think the thing that I've learned in that is that that takes time and doesn't happen by accident so I've moved to part-time work um, even though all my kids are now at school um, I've stayed part-time because it just has created space in my my time to really look out for people, get to know them, befriend them. Um, there's sort of almost, I was thinking about this before, there's almost three aspects that I try and focus on. One is hospitality. So we just want to have people through the doors of our house, which is we can't do at the moment <laughs> in lockdown. But that's something that we seek to do pretty informally most mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, not every night of the week. But we have set nights where we know that we can invite anyone at last minute and there'll be enough food. And um, one thing we've tried to do in that time. I love time that. Is I love, have you decided that as a couple then, a couple of nights a week, we those are the nights? Read, um, we read Rosario Butterfield's book, which is called The Gospel Comes with a Housekeeper, which is quite, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, uh, basically talking about evangelism in this sort of secular age people really really don't think Jesus is up to much um and yet meeting Christians authentically and seeing what their lives are really like is often the bridge that takes people to take an interest in Jesus so yeah so through that she basically does it all the time she has people in her house the whole time and we're just not we just know our own capacity so we just have set days and nights Good where enough. we can and we can't do that so we have nights where we wouldn't. We have nights where um, we would in some circumstances and then we have a two or three nights a week where we don't have to ask the other person. We can just invite um, because often on this just in the kind of um, relationships I'm in with women in the city centre, particularly those things happen quite spontaneously. So, yeah, I might have someone round for a play date after school yeah and it's natural to for them to stay on and have tea but reading the Rosaria book um helped us so we do a bible time at tea time with our kids and it used to be if we had guests we wouldn't do it and now we have a rule that we'll always do it whoever's there 
oh, and that's it's brilliant. Really, but it's really um, embarrassing and terrifying and weird. Like it's not something we find really easy to do with, you know, the temptation yeah. is just to gloss over it. But we've just decided we'll always do it. And we'll always talk about Jesus to the kids in a way that will um, enable the people who join us for tea to learn a little bit about Jesus as well. So brilliant. Yeah. brilliant. And I take um, it before you have these people around, Anna, you spend many hours tidying up your house. <laughs> Not oh, that I'm God. saying it's messy or anything. <laughs> no, our house is a total mess. There's a really nice book actually as well I've read called Ministry of a Messy House which I bought for a friend and gave her and then realised that it's really offensive, isn't it? So <laughs> I saw this and thought of you. But anyway, um, no, we have, um, we don't have a tidy house and we don't, we just, we're not particularly tidy people and we don't keep on top of it very well. And we've got three kids and it just gets in a mess. Um, but again, we, yeah, we have a, our home group comes on a Tuesday and someone in our home group said <laughs> to us, you've really helped us to um to think about having more people in our house because you never tidy up before we come and I I was like we have tidied (laughs) you should have seen it you should have seen it half an hour ago but anyway uh oh that's brilliant well Um, I could just yeah I I could ask these cheeky questions because um I as anyone who knows me and you know I'm married to a man who's basically OCD so I am a very messy person I don't know less and I always pray that he he doesn't leave me because of my mess because he just goes around all the time tidying and only only for him only for him that you know what state our house would be in I I never feel bad when my kids make a mess of your house because I just think Forbes always looks so happy to be tidying it all (laughs) he does it's his way it's his way to serve he loves he loves to tidy oh brilliant Oh, I love that. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah, so you love having people around. Was there were there others there? I think you said there were a few things. Um, Yes. Well, oh yeah, just in fighting. So um, I think just having trying to have a lifestyle that's invitational, by which I mean not just talk like not just inviting people when I've got a particular event on, but actually having people in and out of our lives. Um, So I was just thinking not just inviting the people we like if we're having a party say for the kids inviting people that are slightly harder work or um yeah it's yeah just basically having and being sort of um yeah turned 40 a couple of years ago and had a massive party and um just trying to be the kind of people that invite people to lots of things so that then when we invite people to the church things it's just a much more normal conversation to have that goes out of that so they that's the one thing and then I guess the other is that this has really uh really sort of woken me up as a Christian is um the UCCF a few years ago did a project called Uncover which is opening the gospel a gospel with non-Christians and and studying it with them and I was just very challenged by that and hearing about students doing that and thinking that's an amazing thing to do. And so I had a go um, just with some non-Christian friends and um, that's been really exciting. And I think um, Jesus is just amazing. You read the story of the woman at the well or, um, yeah, the healing of the paralytic and you just think there's nothing I'm embarrassed about 
that Jesus is doing here, even though the stuff he's saying is outrageous. It's so yeah. offensive in some ways. And you just think, gosh, but he's just so beautiful in the way he does it. And that's been um, something. That's so encouraging. That's so encouraging because I think that the idea of sort of opening up um, a gospel with sort of somebody who who's never read it before and you think are all the nerves but as you say you don't need to almost you don't need to overthink it because yeah. you just need to introduce them to Jesus and the stories and you know what he did and what he stood for and how he treated people yeah. and as you say you know outrageous but amazing and yeah, yeah fantastic and it's not I don't want to make it sound easier than I find easier than it is because it is awkward that first time you have a conversation with someone and you yeah. say oh, be interested to do this or you I remember a friend coming we run a sort of bibles I run a bible study for women where we've tried to invite non-christians along to join us and I remember the first time a non-christian walked in like actually my heart sinking because I thought oh gosh this is going to make this so much harder um and this is so embarrassing and oh what about this bit in the study that's about this and um so it's not that I find it like it just flows really easily for me it's just that when I've done it it has been really exhilarating and um it's made me pray more and it's made me excited that Jesus is for everyone um and I don't have loads of success stories to share to share with you really of you know me leading millions of people to the Lord it's just I'm praying for lots of women who we've shared little bits with that they will yeah. see Jesus and know him and I quite often pray oh Lord I feel like I've done what I can here and I just need you to do this now because I can't really convert yeah. this. <laughs> but no, your spirit, no. you have promised your spirit for that. So, yeah, um, so, yes, it's an adventure. And I really am not, I'm just, I'm an awkward sort of um, sinful person in the midst of it all. So I, I care loads more about what people think of me and I want to admit I'm I really I think that's I think that's part of being a woman I think that's part of our downfall yeah. isn't it very much and then I, I feel like I'm not I'm not a particularly confrontational people person by um naturally so I would much rather sit and nod and agree with someone than say something different um I remember actually this was only probably about a month before lockdown I was driving in, in the car with a colleague um and she just made a comment about doesn't matter what church, what religion you are, it's teaching your children moral values is the most important thing. And I know that's totally not what I believe. And I just nodded my way through it. And I thought that was an opportunity missed. And I could have yeah. said something really sweet about the Lord. But so um, it's not either I find this easy and that my life is full yeah. of success stories because it's really not. And I find even talking about Jesus awkward sometimes so um yeah easier I you think said, to talk about faith and church and spiritual things but yeah. to actually talk about Jesus as he is 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 a barrier but I've hopefully I'm pushing myself to cross that barrier more and more brilliant that is brilliant and I, I remember you telling me um one day um one of the things that you had a heart for about um in the world where sort of um, everybody's entitled to opinion as long as it's sort of the same as whoever's asking for it and yeah. you, you wanted you had sort of longed for a place to sort of gather people who could all sort of talk openly but not mm -hmm. sort of what what do you do you remember telling me about this 
Yes, I um, I was toying with the idea. Basically, I was involved for a few years in local politics. And I've actually left now because if there was an issue in the party I couldn't sort of agree with. But um, I just remember feeling this sort of a slight oppression of there being set views on particular issues that you yeah. couldn't step outside of. Um, and I actually remember I, I tried to always speak up where I could, um, sometimes successfully, sometimes not, and just sort of say, um, you know, not everyone agrees the same things. Yes. Um, but I did. We're not good. I think this is a sort of um, maybe to do with social media. We're not good at listening anymore to yeah. people with different views from us. And yes, I have always thought I'd love to get women together who have totally opposing views and just let them listen to each other. But I've never had the um, time or yes. uh, I, I nearly did it and then I. I backed off but anyway no I am interested in that I'm interested in free speech and um I love you know, this what thing. voice I love it on the YouTube there's a YouTube channel unbelievable and um I I love it mm. and it, it gets a lot of different faiths people of different faiths together yeah. and they just sort of have a few debates about things but they're each given a chance to talk and I really love yeah. listening to them you know I think it's really important as you said yeah. to be given yeah. the chance yeah Absolutely. But there's yeah. not many out forums out there for women, to be fair. It is mostly men when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. And to be, to be able to be friends with people that you disagree with is a skill that we're, le we're losing. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And, I, I yeah. love too, Anna, you mentioned yeah. to me a while ago about, you know, seeing God sort of in all your different roles, whether that's a mum or a wife or in your work place, you know, you just sort of see it. Mm -hmm. I think you referred to sort of as, was it your work that's you see work in everything that you do? Yeah, I guess um, I try because I think in our culture, women are under pressure to um, be viewed as sort of economic units where what we do, what's valued is what we're paid to paid for. Um, so uh, the value bit, valuable bit of my week will be the time I'm sat in my office desk. Yeah. And I, I've just, the more you read the Bible, you realise that, every part of our lives is for God and for his glory and he's made us even in the mundane things there's a sort of dignity to us working so I do view the school runs and the mopping the floor which as you know doesn't happen very often <laughs> and um the times that I'm you know doing crazy things with kids or how cooking tea for people um I view that with the same importance as I would view the time that I'm paid to do something because I just think that's and that is just a very um beautiful thing although I mean I don't it's not I do still scream at my kids a lot <laughs> and hate I know well, I, think, so I do think part of being a mum and um, the Lord gave us children to keep us humble I'll be honest I do think children <laughs> keep us very very humble absolutely oh and I have loved I think we could sort of chat all night about lots of I know there's lots yeah, of things yeah. in your life that we've maybe not touched on and maybe we'll get the chance some time to come back to some of those but I'm going to hit you now with five questions just to kind of finish off for but I really appreciate all your answers and your wisdom and just um, sharing really because it's sometimes it's not easy to share our faith and what um, the way we think and what we do mm. and I do really appreciate that and I can tell very much that you do shape your life around and um, what Jesus means to you and I think um, obviously 
you can tell that, um, you know, you and Mo have made very intentional decisions. Um, and although, as you say, you know, you don't do it perfectly and it's not, you know, with all these great success stories, but, you know, at the heart of it mm-hmm. is, you know, your love for God and what he has done for you. And I think that's just, you know, great to hear, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, five, yes. five questions, Anna. The first one then, who has inspired you? I think you're going, I think I know the answer to this already. Yeah, I'm going to say Mrs. Laura. Yeah, aren't I? Um, yeah, I just love looking back at um, my life. The impact she's had on my life is she's just she was really not cool. <laughs> she was just normal, and she was very genuine. She was very honest. She taught the truth. She told us off. She taught us how to do things that weren't about the Bible, like you know, go for walks on Dartmoor and um, do silly things together but she just sort of shaped her life around the Bible and around sharing it with people. Brilliant. So yeah, I'm eternally grateful yeah, for her. I love that. What's your favorite song or hymn that you're listening to at the moment? Um, I just love any old hymns and I've been really, I guess in lockdown singing is one of the things we're really missing, isn't mm-hmm. it? And um, it's just, is the heartbeat for us, I guess, as we meet together. So the song that I think, I love is is a song about evangelism actually we've heard the joyful sound oh, yes. Jesus saved there's a bit in the second verse where it talks about sing it softly through the gloom when the heart for mercy craves sing in triumph over the tomb Jesus saves and it's just that beautiful it sounds a bit like brash going Jesus saves but actually the way Jesus comes to us is softly mm-hmm. with mercy through the, through the gloom so um yeah that's yeah. I love. it gives me goosebumps sometimes when you sing that in church and everybody's singing that out it is fantastic oh, no. a good one okay yeah. favorite place to be I know there's not many places you can go right now but if you go I know anywhere. I thought I just want to say to my mum's house for a cup of tea in the garden but that might you know Boris might let us do that soon it's... um we were actually meant to be in Tenerife this week <gasps> uh it was my in-laws golden wedding and we were all going oh. for a big family I've never been there, but that is the place I'm most craving at the moment. One day, one day. One thing then, Anna, one thing that you would struggle to live without, obviously other other than Jesus will take him out of the equation, but one thing. I think it's very boring, but I just think that first cup of tea in the morning, I get up before everyone else in my house and I, that's my favourite cup of tea of the day. Great. Half an hour before the madness starts. Oh, I love that. Now, you know, I've got this, the last question for you, Anna. I know I've got three daughters. I'm always keen to glean any wisdom from anybody out there who wants to pass on anything to me, to them. Um, Can you share one piece of little nugget of wisdom for them? Yeah, I just, thinking about this, I just thought they are being brought up. Their culture is telling them that they need to find themselves, create their own identity. And I just want to say to them, you don't have to create that god has god has made you and you are you belong to him and there's this beautiful song by awesome cutlery which is a kids band called who i am and it talks about i want to know who i am so i'll listen to you and so i think that's what i'd say to your girls listen to god to find out who you are because in that you'll see that you're loved and you're made and you're unique in the truest sense of the word and you're known better than you know yourself and yet you're loved more than you can imagine so that's what I would share with them 
Brilliant. What a brilliant note to end. I think you're going to make me cry, but I'm going to resist. Oh, goodness. Anna, I can't thank you enough for being my first guest. And I really hope that some people out there might actually listen to this and be encouraged and really be encouraged. And I just want to say to um, anybody who is listening, if you want to, if you have any questions or anything about anything that Anna's talked about, do get in touch. Our church is running Christianity Mm -hmm. Explorer at the minute. Um, exploring Christianity, Christianity Explored. Which one is it, Anna? Oh, you may be exploring Christianity, but I couldn't put my <laughs> life on it. Just got on. I think it's Exploring Christianity. Um, so for anyone, and they're doing it online over Zoom, so you don't even have to leave the house, which would be great if you'd like to be, get involved with that or ask some questions there, you'd be more than welcome um and just really if anybody out there is listening who would love to be interviewed or know somebody who think oh interview them and have a chat i would love to do so um but take care everybody and thanks for listening thanks anna bye bye (laughs) 